Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM in the huddle. You're in, uh, in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And it's that time of week where we go out onto uh, the uh, Raider Nation uh, listener line, the guest line, to welcome in our good friend, Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, from the Las Vegas uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center. Dr. O'Dell, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Good, good, good. Yeah, pretty good. you know, uh, I was thinking about you today because, uh, you know, being sort of a newcomer to uh, to Las Vegas, um, it seems like this time of year it becomes what they call pool weather or pool season, I think it's what it's called. Uh, and I was seeing a lot of videos from all of the uh, hotels uh, and all the parties going on um, at, the, uh, at, at, at the pools at the hotel. Uh, there's a lot of fans in town for the NCAA basketball tournament. They're getting their, their, their pool in and also obviously having fun watching the games and doing what they do when they bet on the games. And I was looking for Dr. Odell. Uh, I, I don't think I caught you out there, but I'm sure, knowing you, uh, you're enjoying some of the festivities. Am I right? Or, or what are you doing this time of year when the sun starts really coming into play uh, and, and, and pool season starts opening up? Yeah, you know, I'm 74. I mean, I uh, might go down there and look at the girls might have a heart attack. So what I do is I work <laughs> on my trains in my work on my trains in my backyard. We have a heck of a layout. Anybody listening interested who likes trains, uh, we're uh, getting it ready to. We completely redone it so it's more reliable and running. That's a G gauge, half inch to the foot. That's kind of what I do. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not around a lot. I mean, I'm working hard, you know, and everything. So I. I kind of a workaholic, but it is nice uh, the longer days, and we have a nice pool in the back. Although we don't heat it, we're uh, going to have to train our little uh, our little uh, three and a half months old Labrador Retriever uh, Terror uh, to get in the water. But I'm sure that'll be a no brainer. <laughs> and and yeah, and, and it'll be a terror. I'm sure uh, those first few uh, times uh, jumping in the water. But the weather is ab- absolutely beautiful today. Uh, it got into the 80s, uh, so uh, we like that and. Um, you know, uh, with the NCAA basketball tournament uh, happening, do you have a are you are you a college basketball fan at all? Uh, and do you have a, a favorite uh, that you want to share with us in terms of who you think is going to win it all? Uh, no, no, you know I'm not, and I don't gamble. But when I've gone down to the sports book, I have a friend who's going to be moving here. He's an absolute crack up. This guy used to be the district attorney in Aspen, Colorado, in the 70s. I would visit him there, and he was famous for driving down the main street rather fast. What they're going to do? He's the DA, but. Guy's a character. He's just retired as a patent lawyer, and he's moving here. But he would come, and I would go down there and see all the people. And I guess to get skin in the, you know, you know, when you don't even know these teams from Adam, but you bet fifty bucks, man, it becomes really exciting. I think that's great. You know, I mean, it's the energy of the sports books is hilarious. And you know, this article in the Wall Street Journal today about I haven't read it yet, but it's about Las Vegas coming back from the COVID, uh, similar to after two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And uh, it's you know they they I, I have some people that I'm investing with and and, and some uh, and, and some products that are going to we're doing some studies and uh, on uh, uh, wound wound care and uh, these studies are uh, are 
it, we're trying to build Las Vegas as a as a uh, as a destination for a medical destination, so that we can start relying not just on the tourists, because heck, everybody wants to move here. The Californians, the the weather is just like San Diego, except for the summer, and that's what air conditioning is for. The valley is small geographically; you could use to get everywhere in, in, in a half an hour. It takes a little longer now. The road system is way ahead of its time, in my opinion. I mean, I hardly. I rarely get caught in rush hour traffic. I'm, I'm sure there are, but it's, you know, it's it's really uh, ideal in so many ways. Nothing bad ever happens here, Vinny. No hurricanes, earthquakes. You know, sure it's hot, but that can be managed. And uh, yeah. um, I mean, it's it's just a wonderful place to live. And I've talked to some New Yorkers. I say, you know, the problem with Florida is they say, what? Too many New Yorkers. So we'll have a <laughs> laugh. They they moved here to Las Vegas. Of course, I talked to an upstate New Yorker today who said, yeah, the problem with New Yorkers is New York, but that's another issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, it's so funny you should mention all that because we just had one of the Raiders' newest players. It's free agency. So, you know, they're signing new players from from across the country. And and, uh, one of the uh, players, Kenyon Drake, you know, we were talking about Las Vegas and and the perception of Las Vegas uh, and, and what you think of Las Vegas as an outsider. But then when you come here, like you just mentioned, um, the weather is fantastic except for the summer, but so what? Like you said, that's that's what air conditioning is for. But the infrastructure, uh, the services, um, you know, I come from a state, California, where there's, what, 34 million people? Uh, there's a big difference. 39. 39. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You go from 39 million people trying to, you know, squeeze, you know, uh, take, do all of that to 3 million, 4 million people maybe here in Nevada. You can you can feel the difference. Uh, there's well, no I question. call somebody at the medical board or you know, somewhere that I need something, and I get somebody on the phone right away. I mean, the federal system is not built for a state like California or New York. It should be three states, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever. It should be three or four different states because uh, there's so many different cultures there. I mean, not cultures, but so many different Northern California versus Southern California. It's just yes. too big for the federal. Any country, any state that's, you know, the eighth largest economy in the, in the world I mean, I don't know if they'll ever want to give their power up and split up, but a real good federal system is a state like our size. Um, I, I would go on to say that, uh, uh, you know, bless you, Lyndon Johnson, for Medicare, if health care was by the state, I'll tell you, I, I can just tell you a couple of stories how they've harmed my patients in the last week by being, being national instead of, instead of by the state. I, I mean, it's, it's a shame. It really is, because uh, so many things, the federal, the federal system is fantastic. As long as the government doesn't, the federal government doesn't overreach, and of course, that of course is another issue. <laughs> yeah, well, and in, and in California, and working in Los Angeles, and we'll get to to, to what we want to talk about here. But you just, you know, it, you, you always spark something when you're when when you come onto the show. But like the school district in Los Angeles, and and anyone we have listeners in Los Angeles, and they know what I'm talking about. The Los Angeles Unified School District is so enormous, and you know California. So you know when I'm talking about Los Angeles, it's the San Fernando Valley, it's the West Side, uh, it's all the way to San Pedro. Um, you know, it's it's a whole downtown. Um, it's this whole huge area, and there's there, it's it's the biggest school district in the world. And there's just too many darn schools because you're talking about high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, and I feel bad for the kids because they're all under that one umbrella. When, like you said smaller is better. You're able to manage it a little bit better. Being able to get somebody on the phone in your job uh, in a a decision-making basis or a helping basis rather than, you know, having to wait a month to talk to somebody. It's just, 
But that again, that's a whole other issue. But I feel the difference here in Las Vegas uh, compared to in California. And I love California, but well, hey, you... Vinny, uh, in my backyard, I mean, I was fortunate to buy a, a lot for a modest price in 1997, and uh, uh, the house burned down in '98. That's another story. But anyway, we we, we built the backyard. It's like a small resort, and the the rocks we have back there, you know, um, I mean, the whole pool costs as much as the rocks back there right now, but. You know, it, 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 we have half an acre, and we're blessed with, uh, you know, a, a small footprint of a house, so we get some nice uh, yards for the, the the dogs, and all the utilities are underground. I mean, nobody, you don't really think about that. In fact, I was driving by uh, by the uh, golf course there, you know, the uh, uh, Angel Park, uh, yep. several years ago, and my wife said, boy, those are really tall trees, aren't they? Well, they were, they were uh, cell towers, so we call those Susie's trees now. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know <how> they, yeah. <laughs> well, we but better I mean, be so quiet because all, all of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It sun shines, what, 20, 220 days out of the year or 300? I don't know. It's uh, more. Yeah. It's, it's definitely in the yeah. 300s. And we should we should probably be, be quiet because all our listeners in California and everyone else are probably listening and they're going to come in here and start <laughs> squeezing us. So let's, let's move on. <laughs> So that more people don't start coming, uh, moving over here. But but I'll, the last thing I'll say is when I was at the DMV getting my all my stuff done, uh, when I moved out here, the person to my left and the two people to my right, hey, where are you from? Are you here? California, California, California. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, this is this is really happening. <laughs> California is definitely moving to Nevada. It's just it's crazy. But I I well, understand why. Now that well, I, I I was lucky to do it uh, in 1994. I could not get a job in anesthesia. It's a long story. I won't go into, but it was in 1994. And, uh, geez, where should I go? So I just, ah, Vegas is growing. I had my Nevada license, which at those times was hard to get. So I just came over here not knowing a soul. And, you know, the rest, they say, is history. I mean, it's been uh, quite a ride. My whole family for a while was here. My, my sister and brother-in-law and uh, uh, my niece and nephew-in-law and their kids, they moved to Arizona, and my, my sister moved to Dameron Valley. She she got a couple of horses. She likes to horse around up there. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> she, you know, it, uh, and they like to hike, and there's a little bit more up there than here. But, uh, you know, there's uh, just, it's amazing. I had some friends, uh, my parents' friends lived down the street from us in, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, one of my dad's backfield coach at Wisconsin. He coached Alamichi. We may have talked about that before. Uh, yep, and, yep. and he, uh, they, the Bokelman's their name, they moved to Vegas. And I remember I did my mom's Christmas card list every year. You know, you had to do an analog and print it out. I was oh, so yeah. proud of myself with my little TRS-80. I said, they live in Las Vegas? Ew. Oh, I'm telling you, for years I thought that. This was, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, when I was a hotshot uh, California <laughs> living on the beach, you know. But, uh, boy, was I happy for a variety yeah, of I, reasons. Absolutely. We're talking to Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, <laughs> from the... Uh, Raising Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The Neuropathy and Pain uh, Center uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, all right, a, c- a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about, um, uh, because we all know the great work that you do uh, uh, um, at the Pain Center. Uh, but it's, you know, I think that a lot of people sometimes uh, don't, you know, when they're dealing with pain, they don't necessarily understand what they're dealing with. And I'm sure that's a big hurdle that you have, sometimes have to uh, overcome. And when you, ha- when, when you should go in, when you should write it out, um, you know, all of those type of things. So there's a lot of different categories of things that you guys work with uh, over there that I think it would be useful to be able to talk about that uh, to the listeners because they may be dealing with something for a long period of time that they didn't even know, hey, 
there's a service out there for it. There's some there, yeah. there's, there's ways for help. Uh, and 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 a doctor like yourself is that type of person that can that can give them that help. And there were a couple that jumped out at me today uh, that I wanted to talk about. And and one was um, and one of the reasons I want to talk about it is I don't know what some of this stuff is, right? And so if I don't know, I'm sure a lot of other people don't know. And if you're dealing with pain, this might be right. What you you know the, this this might be what you're dealing with, and there's help out there for you. But uh, one of the things that jumped out at me was radio frequency. Ablation. I'm hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing all of those things correctly, uh, but but what what is that in a nutshell, and and what kind of help can you provide in in that in that regard, or what kind of help that does that provide? When people have arthritis of the back, which are the facet joints, or the neck, or the thoracic region, um, radio frequency is very useful in burning the little nerves that come off the big nerves. These little nerves are called medial branches because they come off the big nerve and they turn toward the center of the body. If you do the diagnostic block and you, you can show the good probability that they have pain that's, that's uh, uh, facet-based and it's greater in the older populations, it's worse in the morning, it's worse with extension and rotation, very common in whiplash, I think even more common than disc, and it's also uh, perhaps not as common the 40-year-olds who might be more discogenic from the disc but this is where uh, we can do the diagnostic blocks, and then we can burn the nerve. I use a, a needle from a Canadian company called Duros Trident, and this gives a burn that's about three, one point, uh, 13, 13 millimeters, you know, a little, a little over half an inch. And it's a very specific burn because you can't be too close to the big nerve because that would not be good. You'd get all kinds of problems with pain and, and burning a motor or whatever. So you've got to burn the sensory nerves only, and this is, this is uh, something you have to remember. Only sensory nerves can be burned. We also do radiofrequency ablation uh, of the knee. We can burn the capsular nerves where they're sensory only as an alternative. There's about three or four things we can do. There really is no need to have a total knee replacement anymore, in my opinion, unless there's you know major trauma or something like that. And then this works very, very well. Uh, we can also do uh, peripheral nerve stimulators and some and uh, PRP, and also Medicare is coming out now with a plan where we can use uh, stem cells, or not really stem cells, but amniotic fluid. We're just starting that program. It's called Flower Flow. I've been doing it in Tennessee for several, you know, for four or five months. So, well, the radio frequency is really useful for the. I had a, a patient with a foot pain for 50, 30 years. He had a non-displaced fracture of one of the small bones of the foot. Heck, I looked the anatomy up, looked it up, ultrasounded it, could see the defect, stuck a needle in there, temporary relief. I burned it and uh, complete pain relief. Now, the, it was near the skin, and he had a little, we had a little problem getting the wound to close. I had to tell him to stop taking showers. But, you know, the, no, no more midfoot pain. As long as you're burning the peripheral nerve, you know, the, the nerve that only goes to, uh, that doesn't have any function in moving your body, no motor function. It's really a very, very good technique. And with this large lesion uh, needle that I have, uh, I, I just, I, in fact, I'm going down to the REM dinner tonight with a needle company. And I'm trying to get her to uh, be the distributor for this Canadian company because it's a real pain to get the needles from <laughs> customs and all that kind of nonsense. Right, right, exactly. Uh, well, and, and that's important information because, again, you know, I think, you know, the, the older we get, it, you don't have to be, it doesn't always have to be uh, just an age group situation. But, you know, if you are getting up there in age or, you know, hitting your 30s or 40s or 50s, you know, you, 
you deal with some pain. And sometimes we think, oh, it's just a sign I'm getting old and don't do anything about it. No, and no. deal with it. No. Exactly. Just because you're, exactly. you're old doesn't mean you have to have pain. I want to add with, with the facets, it's very common in younger people with whiplash. What they do, especially in the neck, especially women that are higher risk, is with, the, with the acceleration, deceleration, which is what happens with their rear end or the side-to-side motion with a T-bone type collision, especially if we don't anticipate it. The little capsules and things will tear, and that can cause facet syndrome, and that, too, can be treated the same way. I really believe that most neck pain is facet, not really disc. I think a lot of people have had a neck surgery for disc, where they do a discectomy, they call it, a CDF, anterior cervical discectomy, uh, and it's really a fusion discectomy, I'm sorry, and it's, it's really perhaps in some cases might not have been necessary because it was just facet. So, I mean, it's a... It's a very the 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 RFA in 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 the right hands is very very powerful and and uh, virtually risk free. I really knock on wood, never had a problem. Well, fact, and, and a, there you I go. I just did an RFA uh, on a well known uh, orthopedic surgeon who recently uh, retired, uh, and uh, he comes to me every every two years. This lesion lasts a long time because the nerves do regenerate, and he just came back for a you know for a redo. So we did it the other day. Well, and, and, and it's useful information because, again, you know, it, it's you don't have to be dealing with that pain just because you think it's the normal, you know, process of, of getting older. There's things that you can do for it. And, and I urge uh, everyone uh, that's dealing with any kind of pain, uh, the doctor will take a look at it and figure it out and, and, and get you the help that you need. Uh, give them a call at 702-257-7246. That's the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Before we get you uh, out of here, one other that I want to talk about, and I know that a lot of people uh, deal with this, whether they know that they're dealing with it, doctor, or not. Uh, but that's carpal tunnel, uh, and you guys have some carpal tunnel injections that you're doing over there. If you could kind of give a quick overview uh, of what the symptoms might be, and, and again, uh, you might be dealing with it, and you're sucking it up and just trying to be the tough guy when you don't have to be. The doctor yeah, can help. I, if you, I actually have it myself in my, my dominant hand, my left hand, and I let it go for too long and didn't use our machine. So now I'm paying the price. I, uh, I'm, I got numbness at the tips of the, of the, of the uh, one side of the, of the ring finger and the, and the middle finger. And uh, I'm using a machine every day. Otherwise, I might have to go see my friendly, uh, uh, my friendly uh, plastic surgeon, Carl Williams, to snip that little guy. But, but uh, if you get it soon enough, you can use uh, you can use injection with steroids. You can use uh, our machine, which is anti-inflammatory, so there's no injections if it's soon enough. Um, you can use a combination of local anesthetic and the device, the machine. And then, you know, if if all this fails, then you know we know we can send you to an orthopedic uh, plastic or a hand surgeon for the repair. But uh, most, most of the times, uh, if, you, if you treat it soon enough, unlike I did with myself, you, uh, uh, you can have a lot of success. In fact, mine was getting worse, and in Tennessee I had my PA uh, there injected with steroids, and it reverses symptoms, and I've been using the machine almost every day here. And, it, you know, it's, it's, I can, the, the symptoms are going distally, meaning the numbness is going going. Um, toward the end of the fingers. One thing I want to caution people or tell people about, if you have this, uh, and if you're, the, the meat of your, your thumb seems to be a little bit less, that's called the thinner eminence. If you're dropping things, please see somebody right away because your hands, you have no idea how important your hands are until they, until they stop working properly. Don't, uh, don't let it go. Don't let it go. Really, uh, and there's dozens of, there's really plenty of good hand surgeons in town and, and uh, 
There's there's good there's other good pain docs that know how to treat this with the injections. I'm the only one, as far as I know, that uses the Synexis. So if you don't want injections, you can come here. But it's a it's really a a, a benign uh, thing to treat. And and uh, uh, when I use the ultrasound, uh, uh, put the ultrasound device over the canal, and you can you can see the the nerve clears a bell, clears a bell. It's it's really neat, and I can show it to the patient. You can see the tendons and all that uh, on the uh, on the screen. It's really kind of kind of fun. Well, uh, there you go, and, and uh, important information, and here's why. Uh, not only do you not have to be dealing with the pain that you just think that, you know, it's the part of getting old, I'm just going to have to be a tough guy. You don't always have to do that, but as the doctor also mentioned, uh, waiting sometimes uh, can lead to even more uh, issues. So nip it in the bud, and uh, it, it, you're not a, not a tough guy uh, by, by admitting, hey, I could use some help here. It's a lot of times... Uh, it's the right thing to do for the short term and even more importantly, or just as importantly, uh, the long uh, term. So give the doctor a call, uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246. What we talked about today may not exactly be the pain or, or discomfort that you're dealing with, uh, but um, you can understand that there's all types of things including the two subjects that we talked about uh, today that they're, that they're doing uh, over at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center in, in a way that can talk, help whatever it is that you're dealing with. My headache study, I talked on Wayne Allen Roots National Show last night. Uh, we're looking for people with headaches. We have a new treatment, which we think is going to be uh, amazing for every kind of headache, but that's something we can talk about in another segment. Yeah, absolutely, and and that is an important uh, uh, topic to bring up. The, the the research that you guys are doing and the studies that you're doing on on the, uh, the, the the headaches and and what you feel like you guys can do uh, to alleviate them. But again, and if you want to be somebody that that goes in and, and is a part of that study, if you're dealing with headaches, um, give the doctor a call seven zero two two five seven seven two four six. Doctor Odell, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this great weather. We will talk to you uh, next week. And I hope that okay. your I hope your team wins the NCAA tournament, even though you're you're, you're holding out on us and not letting us so Buck, know Buck who you think is going to win. A couple years ago, I was rooting like crazy, but they got knocked out. That would have been amazing. Anyway, thank there you. you go, there you go, Doctor Odell. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. That's Dr. Robert Odell from the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. Again, give him a call, 702-257-7246. Whatever discomfort or pain you're dealing with, give them a call. Don't be tough guy that you're going to be able to just suck it up and, and be the tough guy. It's not how it works. It's not what you're, you're, you're uh, potentially putting yourself in even more harm's way uh, down the line. You're in the huddle, Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday. What a ferocious week this was. Man, my head is spinning, uh, but it's all good. Um, this is that time of year. Uh, free agency is an important time of year. There's no question. But it's only one step in the process. Um, obviously, the draft uh, is next. I don't think the Raiders, by any means, are, are done in free agency. There's still some good players uh, out there uh, and, and in positions of need. I'm talking specifically about that free safety position. I know they're looking at cornerbacks uh, as well. Uh, they got to figure out what they're going to do in the slot. Um, is Amik Robertson ready to take over? Um, they got to make sure that there's competition. 
uh, behind uh, Damon Arnett and, and Trayvon Mullen. I think ideally they want Trayvon and, and Damon to be the guys. Uh, but, you know, you can't count on on, on that. I think Trayvon is set. Uh, Damon, um, you know, there's obviously confidence in, uh, in him. He looked good in training camp. Some injuries really curtailed his rookie year. Uh, they want him to get on uh, back on track. But they've got high hopes, the Raiders. Uh, do they want to compete this year? They feel like they were knocking on the door of the playoffs. Some tinkering um, uh, was needed uh, to to cross that that threshold, and that is what the goal is. I read uh, or have heard some some theories that maybe the Raiders are trying to kick the can down to twenty twenty two. Ain't happening. <laughs> they want to win now. They've got to win now, uh, and and it's uh, a burning desire. Uh, to put it all together and get back on the right track. And to, for them, it's getting to the playoffs. There's no delaying it to 2022. Uh, there's none of that. I know some of their contracts are being constructed uh, in a way where the short term um, uh, looks like the focus. Um, uh, but it's, it's, that's, that's generally the case across the league. Agents are doing that strategically. Teams are doing that strategically. Um, there's uh, new money that's going to be coming onto the table from the TV deals here pretty soon, and agents understanding that this year uh, they're going to kind of uh, take a little bit of shave uh, on their wallets because of COVID-19, what it did to revenue last year, uh, and what it did to the salary cap this year. Um, the goal is they're trying to construct deals for their clients that get their clients back on the open market as quickly as possible to start tapping into the new money that's going to be coming in. So that's not a Raider thing. That's an everybody thing uh, if you look across the league. And I'll say this, too, about the Raiders. Uh, their you know, mode of operation these last few years is just – even though you see four-year contracts – if you read the fine print of what the Raiders have been doing these last couple of years, it's more along the lines of a two-year contract where the money is paid up, the big money is paid up uh, up front, the, you know, those guarantees over the first two years. Um, and those last two years, the Raiders have decisions to make on, uh, do we like it? Let's keep going with this because we've got you under control over the next two years um, on the four-year deals. If we don't, uh, we can walk away pretty easily. That's what happened with Trent Brown. Uh, that's what happened with LaMarcus Joyner. That's what happened with Terrell Williams. Um, the contract, Corey Littleton's going to be in that case. Um, so, so they're doing that strategically to not get hung, hamstrung with long-term deals that just aren't working out. Now, if it's working out, then you just keep the contract going. You have four years on the deal, um, and, and, and you just roll into year three. But if you're the Raiders, by constructing the contracts the way you do right now, uh, the player gets the guaranteed money up front over the course of those first two years. And then in year three, it's, okay, do we want to continue this? And guess what? It's the Raiders' decision, not the players'. It's on the Raiders uh, to make that decision. And if it's working out, you go ahead and do it. You keep going. If you don't, and we saw this with Terrell Williams, guess what? They were able to walk away uh, on a situation that wasn't working out because uh, the, the, the player couldn't stay healthy. And no harm done in years three and four. It was scot-free. Trent Brown was the exact same way. I know they paid him a lot of money those first two years. Um, and unfortunately, you know, injuries uh, cut it short on him. He played 16 games over his first two years. Uh, but and, and in retrospect, it wasn't a good deal because the player wasn't able to get that out there on a consistent basis. But guess what? It doesn't hurt them moving forward. Uh, they were able to to trade the player, trade the contract, 
and uh, no harm done. There's zero impact that Trent Brown is having on the on, on the team this year, nor is Terrell Williams. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is very, very minimal, uh, like $2 million or so uh, that, that he counts. But basically, that was a two-year deal. He got paid uh, over those first two years. Then uh, going into year three is let's let's take a look at this and see if it's working. It wasn't, and they moved on. Um, and there you go. So, so the Raiders are doing that shrewdly. That's a smart way to do it. I know, um, you know, in some of these cases, the player didn't work out. That's a whole other separate issue. It didn't work out with uh, uh, Lamarcus Joyner the way the Raiders had hoped. But you move on and uh, cut the loss. It didn't work out for Trent Brown the way they had uh, anticipated. Okay, uh, you gave it two years. He wasn't able to stay on the field consistently enough. Easy enough to move on. It didn't work out with Terrell Williams. When he was on the field, he played reasonably well, but he wasn't on the field. That's a lot of it didn't work out. It's two. But it happens all the time. Here's the difference. The difference is this. In other cases, it didn't work out. Turns out to be a four-year ordeal where you're paying through the nose for those extra. that's, That's what I'm saying. If it doesn't work out, it's an easy out. There's other players that, you know, it, you, you hope, obviously, that with Corey Littleton, he bounces back, and, and by year three, you still want him around. You're going to want Nick – I'm sure you're going to want Nick Kwiatkowski around after this year. Uh, those are, um, you know, for the Raiders, hopefully two cases where you come after that you, – you know, you, you come to the end of the two years, and you still want to continue on. Now, Corey Littleton has some work to do. Um, obviously, didn't look good year one, but I – there's no reason – uh, that that he can't get back on track. He's too good of a he's too darn good of a player. And Nick Wachowski, I think he's already shown that he's in line uh, to to come back again after after year two. But yeah, I mean Terrell Williams, you know, it was injuries. Trent Brown, for the most part, was injuries. You know, so that's something you can't always account for um, when you're making these these free agent signings. Injuries are always going to be, you know, a factor. You wish that it wasn't the case, but sometimes it is the case. But if there's uncertainty after that second year, whether it's per, by performance or an inability to stay on the field, being able to get out of that contract, that four-year contract that looks so daunting when it first gets signed, um, is, is is a good thing, and that takes you know uh, uh, a shrewd way of, of of looking at things and 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 constructing the contracts. Uh, we're gonna go out onto the Raider Nation listener line because Joe wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Joe? I'm good. Hanging in there for an hour and a half, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I have a few things I want to say if you, if you give me the time, if, if there is time. So initially, you know, it's still so easy to criticize the uh, Kenyon Drake signing. I'm not going to go there because I want to be positive. So the one thing I did like about his pressure, which kind of reminded me, and he mentioned it himself with you, is how good he looked in silver and black, which remind me what Jerry Rice said during his press conference. There is something special about being a Raider, and that's what I wanted to tell him was there is no other. And you being, I'm from L.A., you're from L.A., you know how deep Raider Nation is in L.A. and worldwide. But there's something unique about this team and the fandom that's unparalleled. And what I was interested to make a comparison to not necessarily the players themselves, but the idea that back in the heyday of the LA Raiders, we had Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen in the backfield. Now with Drake being a power runner, obviously I'm not comparing to Bo Jackson, but you have two potentially great running backs in the backfield. So I think that's the positive we take out of that. And um, 
the other thing was, you know, I'm also a big fan of Marcus Mariota. And so I know what the big pay cut they're asking him to take. I don't know if you know of any insights that there's blood, bad blood brewing because they're asking him to take the pay cut. Do you think eventually he's going to be uh, uh, traded or released? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's – I, I could still see it going going both ways. Well, what, here's what here's what um, I don't see happening. I don't see him coming back at ten point seven million dollars, uh, which is what he's under contract for uh, next year. Um, I either see him coming back at a you know reduced rate. You know, uh, I'm sure everybody saw the reports where the Raiders are asking him uh, to get down to three million dollars, which is more in line on what backup quarterbacks. Uh, are making in this market. Look at what Mitchell Trubisky. He goes from starter in Chicago uh, to backup in Buffalo. He's making $2.5 million next year. So um, that's kind of the world that Marcus Mariota um, is, is is dealing with as a backup quarterback. And so right. $10.7 million doesn't, doesn't reflect – uh, that market right now, and I know he wants to hang on to every, uh, and his agent wants to hang on to, to to every dollar that he can, and rightfully so. Um, but I think he has to come to a, uh, a reconciliation with himself, he and the agent, on it's it's not going to work here at ten point seven million dollars. Um, so you're if you want to stay, then you're going to have to take a pay cut. And here's the thing that. You know, I I, I I don't know exactly how it went down, so I'm not going to sit here and point fingers. But if it went down the way I think it might have gone down, it was a little bit short-sighted on, on Marcus Mariota's part. If he had a chance to get traded at some point this offseason to a team that was that was going to give him a legit shot to compete for a starting job, and he and he didn't, and that and that trade didn't happen because you know he wasn't willing or his agent wasn't willing. Uh, to to redo the deal, um, that's is short sighted. If I'm Marcus Mariota, hey, I don't care. I'll take a pay cut if I could go someplace where I have a legit chance to start because I'm going to bet on myself in that situation, and I believe enough in myself that I'm going to play really well in 2021, and I'm going to put myself in a in, in position to get paid uh, in 2022, whether it's where I am right now or somewhere else. And sometimes you have to think about the long-term rather than the short-term, um, especially in today's climate right now with, with where the salary cap is. So um, that's just how it goes sometimes. And, I, and, I, and you know, I, I feel bad because I think Marcus Mariota is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I yeah, think that, I agree with you. And that kind of was always my thought, too, that you have all these other you know, players getting a substantial amount. I think Marcus is good, but I think with the Raiders, he has something special if he, if he was to stay here. And, and you know, as I mentioned a few months ago, or that I mentioned on your show, was I like when he came in against the Chargers. He gave a whole different perspective. And if he if he's he used like a third down third down quarterback for the run, I think that could be very effective. Yeah, um, I do too. And I think at $3 million, if he's willing to take the pay cut, um, I think the Raiders would want him, would welcome him back with open arms with that idea in mind, not just to be the backup to Derek Carr, but to be somebody um, that they can utilize during the course of a game. We saw how they struggled sometimes in the red zone. We saw how they struggled sometimes in short yarded situations. It's a diff- as Kenyon Drake, um, you know, uh, who, who was on the show earlier today talked about those are hard yards to get 
Um, I know that everyone wants to talk about creativity and this and that and play calling, and, and sometimes that does play into it. But it's just it's such a tough area of the field um, to get yards because obviously the defense is dealing with just a shorter uh, uh, part of the field, shorter space. Uh, they're able to do things differently as a defense um, that 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 reflects that. They're playing closer to the line of scrimmage. They're playing you know tighter uh, against the line of scrimmage. They're putting they're they're building a wall and and you know so. So it's 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 tough. It's tough real estate, and and a guy like Marcus Mariota, in that part of the field, in those situations, with his ability to make plays with his legs and his arms, could be a uh, an asset down there. And and even you know at the forty yard line when you're facing a third and one uh, or a third and two, um, you know not such a bad thing to be able to have a guy like Marcus Mariota that you could throw in there. Uh, to change it up a little bit and and get the defense on the run a little bit and and be able to make out those those two yards. So yeah, uh, at the right price, there's no question that uh, the Raiders would want Marcus Mariota back. But you know, that's on him. He's going to have to say yes or no. And if he says no, then I don't see that there's any way that he's back. Not at 10.7 million dollars. Uh, the Raiders have other needs that they still got to get squared away. They got a draft class that they're going to have to sign here pretty soon. Um, you know, that's going to cost about six, seven million dollars or so uh, to get their draft class uh, uh, here. Uh, and obviously, you don't want to go into a year where you're right there at the cap because things happen, you know, and you want to be able to be flexible if a trade uh, comes about or if a player goes out on the open market that you, that you want to pounce on. So if you're Marcus Mariota uh, and your options are running uh, thin because Washington signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chicago brought in Andy Dalton. Uh, they invested in, in their quarterbacks, even though they're short-term quarterbacks. But why, you know, if I'm Marcus Mariota, I could have been in Chicago on a pretty good team. I could have been going to Washington on a playoff team. Instead, you know, um, and and again, I don't know this to be the case, but if it was, if it came down to money and and an unwillingness uh, to maybe renegotiate his contract uh, so that it, you know those 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 incentives and everything else that could take that contract up north to, to, to 18 19 million dollars if that was the the reason why a trade didn't happen man that's some short-sighted thinking you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by tequila and by Hunter. you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM now back to your hosts Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday. Boy, we got here, didn't we? Uh, we survived the madness. <laughs> I told you it was going to be crazy, uh, and it's been crazy, but we love it. You know uh, we're all in this together. Uh, teamwork. Uh, I do what I do. You guys do what you do, uh, and it's all good, uh, and I enjoy it, and I know you guys enjoy it. It can get a little tense. There's no question about it, uh, but it's all good. It's all love. And we all know that. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line because Rich wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Rich? What's up, Vinny? How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Not too much. Just driving through the IE. Dude, I got a new spot for you over there by your mother-in-law's house. Okay. All right. Savarino's Italian Deli, dude. Oh, now when you, when you talk about delis, man, you're right up my alley. Okay. Hot sandwiches. Awesome marinara sauce. They got a meat sauce there. Delicious, bro. Right there. All right. I'm there. I got you. Thank you. you. Thanks for having my back. When you're coming through the ice on your way to L.A., go check stuff out. 
Yeah, stop there. <laughs> I will do that. All right. Hey, uh, I got uh, two questions. Um, one is, when when are we going to get another show? I mean, literally, I, I don't listen after 2 o'clock. You mean, like, from 2 to 4, it's like, I don't even, I, when, when are we going to get somebody else in? How is he supposed to know that? Hey, I, I, I don't know. Hey, I know everything, man. Yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. Um, I don't know the answer to that yet, um, uh, but I, but I, but I, I, I kind of the sense that I'm getting, I should say, is uh, I think something's going to come down at some point. It might be a little bit closer uh, to uh, to training camp, um, but you know, don't quote me on that. It's kind of like what I'm hearing, so uh, don't be surprised. Uh, if there's if if another show gets added to it, um, you know, come uh, uh, come come summer. One thing to keep in mind too is that uh, you know the uh, the Las Vegas uh, Aviators, the AAA baseball team, uh, this station has their rights, so their games are usually going to be played after my show. Um, you know, they play around seven thirty or so uh, out here in Las Vegas and and out on the west west coast of the minor leagues. So, so that's going to be happening. And sometimes, um, you know, there'll be some uh, uh, some games where the where the avatars are playing in my uh, time slot. So, if that is the case, I'll bounce back probably to that two to four, uh, so that so that we don't miss a beat for the time being until until a new show uh, comes about. But yeah, there there'll be something at some point. Okay, uh, last question. Um, free agency. Yep. Like in the draft, I, I don't. I don't want the Raiders drafting for need. I, I just. I don't. I. I. I just don't care for it. It. You end up passing up on great players for good players, and I. You know. I think kind of end up where we're at right now with a lot of good players. You know, great players. I mean, other than Darren Waller. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Um, what kind? What are you hearing about? Maybe a uh, uh, a right tackle or a safety, a free a free safety in free agency. Uh, I think um, you know the, the 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 longer we go without those positions being addressed in a big way uh, in free agency, the more likely you're going to see that. And I, you know, I'm with you, obviously, you know, you, 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 you try not to reach for needs. Sometimes you got to, I mean, sometimes that's just the way it is. And so, um, you know, sometimes that, that's, that, that's the way it is. Uh, but, it, but it, let's just talk about right tackle for a second. If the Raiders go into the draft, um, you know, uh, without having signed uh, a surefire bonafide, you know, guy that they can plug in and be the starter at right tackle, um, Chances are they're going to draft a right tackle at some point in the draft, and maybe even with that 17th pick. Uh, but but here's the thing: this is a really deep draft uh, for tackles, so you might be able to uh, uh, to to you know win small two victories uh, in one: a fill a need, but b get a difference maker. Because if this draft goes the way I think it's going to go, uh, and 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 just Based on what I saw uh, at the Senior Bowl, um, you know, as far as the offensive line goes, uh, and and that was just the seniors uh, of this group. There's a bunch of others, um, tackles and offensive linemen uh, that that weren't there because you know obviously they're not seniors. But the point I'm making is is this is a pretty good draft for right tackles. 
uh, for tackles in general. And I think at 17, there's going to be somebody uh, that they're going to be able to, 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 to grab and plug in as a day one starter. I really believe – now, the draft has to play out correctly, obviously. Other teams have needs. Um, uh, you know, some teams might might take the guy that the that the Raiders are have the or the guy or guys because it is multiple uh, have their eye on. But I think there's a good chance. Now, if you were to talk to me two weeks ago, I'm thinking, all right, uh, defensive line is the highest of priorities. But I think the Raiders did some pretty good work in free agency. I don't think they're going to forsake that position in the draft. But I don't think that they have to now really uh, make a major move uh, with that 17th pick. Um, at, at defensive line, because uh, I think that between Solomon Thomas and Yannick Ngagwe uh, and 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 Quinton Jefferson, bringing back uh, Jonathan Hankins, I think they're okay right now uh, at that spot. If they were to have to start the season and start OTAs and training camp with the crew that they have just right now, I think you would take that. I think you'd be okay uh, with with that group pushing each other. Uh, and raising the level of play of each other. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I, I strongly think a tackle is going to come off the board for the Raiders very early uh, in the draft in that first or second, first round or second round. Uh, just want to say thank you to all the listeners, all the callers this week. It's been a blast. It's been fun. It's been exhilarating. It's been head spinning. Uh, but uh, but uh, I enjoyed every second of it, and I hope you guys did too. Uh, appreciate all the guests. Thank you to Kenyon Drake today for stopping in. I know it's been a busy day for him, kind of a whirlwind last couple of days, uh, but he already kind of showed you the warrior that he is uh, by say, taking some time to talk to Raider Nation. So we really appreciate that. Devon Cotton, thank you for everything that you do as our great producer. Uh, thank you to Embajador Tequila. Uh, I might just go grab me uh, a couple of Embajadors uh, right now real quick because it's been that kind of a week. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back at it 4 to 6 o'clock. Monday, and I'm sure there's going to be something to talk about uh, come Monday. We'll see you guys then.